Oh, I, I guess that's true. I guess there are other ways to wet an envelope that are not your tongue. Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where Matt and I get together every week, once a week, to discuss our civic duty. Is that what we're doing? It's our civic duty podcast. I thought we were talking about Super Bowls. Let's talk about the Super Bowl again. That was fun. You liked that episode? Yeah. I like, I like episodes where I know everything. You want to just ask me questions about topics I'm super well versed in? Go ahead. That's good because I I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were upset to talk about the Super Bowl where your team didn't didn't win the touchdowns. I guess I was, but it it, it balances out. My team lost, but I look really smart. How bad could it be, right? Yeah, well, you win some, you lose some. Oh. Hopefully, you win them all. But yeah, I guess that's what I learned, huh? Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about our civic duty. We're going to talk about jury duty, but first, oh, but first. Oh. I want to talk about another civic duty, a little more specific. Yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, I live in a small neighborhood. You've been here, Matt. And my I house have. is attached to somebody else's house. Mm. And the neighborhood is a little bit confusingly laid out. It's an old neighborhood. There's no real street signs. So sometimes things end up in the wrong place. Things like mail. So yeah. someone put an envelope in our mailbox f- intended for our neighbor. Uh, it went through the normal postage. It was the post person that wasn't paying attention or whatever. No big deal. It's happened somewhat regularly. Uh, so, you know, I, I, we're friendly with our neighbor. We don't, we're not like tight. We don't have a great relationship. It's just, you know, casual, you know, cordial, cordial neighborliness. Uh, Mm -hmm. but so I got a letter addressed to my neighbor, but the envelope is open. (laughs) And so now I feel like there's, I, there's no way I can give it to her without convincing her I didn't open her mail and look through it. Yeah. You gotta destroy the evidence. You gotta (laughs) bury that body, man. Well, it's like, well, I mean, what do I do? So I have a couple options, right? So the yeah. first thing is I can go and be like, hey, here's your letter. It was already open when it got to me. And I feel like there's no way that goes where I don't look like a desperate person that clearly opened the mail and is just trying to make an excuse about how I didn't open the mail. That doesn't sound good to me. Uh, two, it, it also, it doesn't look like a, like a personal letter. It looks like it could be kind of maybe automated. So the other yeah. option is I could actually do the amoral thing and actually look at it. And if it is just spam, I can just throw it out and pretend it's never happened. But then I'm actually doing the thing that I'm afraid of looking like I did. Uh, if I, you know, to go back and tell her it was already opened. Uh, yeah. or I could like try and seal the envelope and pretend that none of this <laughs> happened. I, I don't know what to do. I'm at, I'm felt myself a little bit at a loss. That's a tough one. I mean, I have been in this, not the same situation, but just like you get a letter in the mail and you don't look at who it's to. You just open everything, and then you read it. And then I realized one of them was not for me. It was for somebody else. So I did reseal, and I returned it to sender. That was my solution to that problem. But <laughs> Wait, was like, it like somebody it, you were living with, and you sent it back to the sender anyway? Uh, or no, I mean, whatever you write on the thing. It was like, it just went to the wrong place. It was like to a different building. So I put it back. Okay. I wrote a note and put it back in, but I resealed it. But I just was like opening mail. I guess that's, I guess I'm admitting to a crime. That's bad. I didn't actually do this, Andy. <laughs> but, you know, you just, you have your mail in your hand, you just open everything, and then you're like, hey, I, hey, that's not me. Who's that for? But it's in your mailbox, so I don't I, know what you do. I don't open mail blindly, because, I mean, you, sometimes you get mail for you, sometimes you get mail for Susie. You just start opening things like a madman? This is not my normal thing, but I was just not paying attention, and I just opened all the letters that were in my hand that day, and I realized one was not for me. But yes, I've gotten, I've gotten more careful about it, because I don't really want to just open Susanna's mail for no reason. Or, uh, I guess, a stranger's that just is dropped in your mailbox for no reason. But yeah, here I am. Pre-opened envelope. I think you should reseal it. <laughs> I think you should reseal it and just try to make it look good. I mean, we can all agree the most adult thing to do is just to say that it I came know, unsealed. I know, but like, here's the, but you're, to your point, 
it's it's a not a believable story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one's going to believe you. I don't even believe you. I think you opened it, you monster. I mean, there's, a, there's another slight variation on that, which is that I give it back to her and don't say anything. And maybe she just assumes I didn't even look at it. I don't know. How uh, how how damaged is this this open envelope? It's not damaged. It's actually weird because it went through the mail, but yeah. it's like it looks like someone just sealed the envelope by like you know tucking the flap in. Like it it's not like it's open oh. in terms of like torn open. Like the the flap is just tucked in and the envelope is unsealed. I think you seal it then. That's super easy. Well, but I mean, I'm not gonna lick thing. It went through the mail, so how am I gonna seal it? Get like some glue? Like what am I, what am I gonna do? You just get a get a little uh, get a little sponge and da- dab it on the inside. You don't have to use your mouth. Oh, I, I guess that's true. I guess there are other ways to wet an envelope. You don't have, to, you don't have to use your tongue. Not every not everyone's a, a weird lick strange male weirdo. Well, but so what about this? Know. What about this? Here's another theory. What if yeah. the contents of the letter are super important, like secret codes or something? I don't know nuclear codes. And what actually happened is like the the mail operator or some some third party. Uh, did intervene and open the letter, and she needs to know the letter is open because she needs to know the codes have been compromised. And so if I reseal it, then I'm, I'm throwing a whole wrench into the thing. Okay, I have an idea. Okay. Half seal it so that it looks like it might have been opened, but that, that it wasn't on your part. Like, okay. make it look okay. lightly sealed so that it could fall open. When... Make it look shoddily sealed. That just comes yeah. back to the same problem of her clearly thinking I opened it and then shoddily resealed it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I think you just seal it and you deal with the letter, deal with the consequences. What what important thing arrives in the mail anyway? If it's super important, you'll call your credit card company and say, I need my credit card again. You didn't send it. It fell out. What are, what are the things that arrive in the mail? Nothing matters. What, your W-2? I mean, once you have a mortgage, it does kind of matter. You can get some important things in the mail. It does, It can happen. Mm, go paperless. This is punishment for not going paperless. Yeah, well, it's not how the city of Baltimore or, uh, or most lenders work, unfortunately. <sighs> okay. All right. I think you reseal it. <laughs> mm. I mean, we can agree the adult thing to do is just to tell her. But yeah, you're right. It just feels feels. I don't know. It's not a. I just wouldn't story. want. To, I don't, I just wouldn't want to know. You you live in that house and you own it. Like you don't want to go the rest of your life with a neighbor who distrusts you and thinks you're a liar. Yeah, it's true. Well, I'm gonna mull it over some more while okay. we talk about jury duty. <laughs> we have another really good idea. Okay, go ahead. Hit me. Okay, you make a super visible show of trying to bring the mail to her. Oh, and you're like, like fall and your, like yeah, yeah you're walking around smash it. and then you fall and then it drops and then maybe you have like a lighter in your hand that you accidentally or you have lighter fluid that you drop accidentally and then you're smoking <laughs> a cigarette that you accidentally drop and then it all goes up in flames you're like oh my god i i've made a mistake what happened or i'm just walking over and i'm twirling scissors in one hand and i'm juggling the nail <laughs> on the other hand and then yeah. like falling oh i cut everything open. oh my god I've, I've oh you saw me do it though so you know i didn't commit mail fraud yeah you have to do it in a way that's like very, uh, uh, imagine a mime doing it in an old-timey movie, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good idea, Matt. I mean, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that idea as far as I can tell. Oh, actually, you know, I thought of a less contrived one. You're walking, but you make it super obvious you're carrying some sort of letter, and then you trip and drop it in a storm drain. There, you don't have to do the lighter fluid in the cigarette thing. That was, the- was going to get pretty <laughs> dangerous pretty fast. Well, this all, this all works, presuming <laughs> that I can get her at a distance. I mean... If she's just in her house, what am I going to do? Like, call her phone and be like, come out to the street and meet me. I'll give you your mail. Yeah, you have to call her and say, hey, can you meet me outside? Stand, like, right in the street, though. I need you. (laughs) Like, a very prominent outdoor I I tape a little X on the ground. Like, if you could just stand on that X. (laughs) I've made, I've set your mark. If you don't mind just standing there, you know. We can all agree this, all of this definitely arouses less suspicion than an open envelope. (laughs) For sure. 100%. (laughs) 
You could just fall over Charlie Chaplin style. That'd be really good. Make a scene out of it. I think that would work. <clears throat> here's what we do. Here's, no, here's what we do. Anyway, Andy, I, I think I'm not solving your problem. I think I'm just making fun of you. But we, we, we just like publish this episode, better. and then I take a little post-it <laughs> note, and I put the URL on it, and then I hand her the envelope. I mean, surely yeah. I wouldn't have fabricated this entire story just so I could open my neighbor's mail unless, unless, Matt, mm-hmm. I, that, I did that intentionally. <laughs> unless I was thinking, man, I should like to open this letter. What if I record eight and a half minutes of a podcast where I tell my friend the letter arrived opened as a good alibi? Recorded forever. Oh my god! I'm deep this in the is game. Be the next season, of the serial. <laughs> deep in the game. Season serial season three is going to be about this moment right now. Mind of a like what if he can try the entire mind hunters? How to hunt a mind yeah. of a man that really wants to commit mail fraud? Just a little, just a little, <laughs> just the tiniest little bit of mail Light fraud. Mail fraud. Yeah. Anyway, Matt. Jury duty. Matt, have you had jury duty before? I sure have. Recently, in fact. Tell me your story. I want to know all the details. All right. So I just, this happened maybe three months ago. I got a letter in the mail. It was for a date that didn't work. I went on their very bad website and I changed it to a date that did work. And then I went and I sat in a room for a few hours. And then they called my name. And then I went and sat in a courtroom for a few hours. And then. They called me into another tinier room and they said, they asked me questions about whether I could serve. And they said, hey, this is going to be a two-week trial. And I said, oh, in a week, I have to go somewhere. They said, is it important? I said, yes, it's very important. I have to go that place. And then they made me sweat it out for a while. Me thinking like, wait, they're not going to pick me and make me not go a place and change plane tickets and stuff. That seems bad. And then they called me and said, you're dismissed. And then I went and sat in another room for a while longer (laughs) for some reason. And then they sent me home with a $9 check. You're a very good storyteller, you know that? It's a, it was a lot of sitting in rooms. If I didn't make that part clear, they made me sit in one room, and then I went to a different room, and I sat in that room. Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest, during this whole thing, I was really sweating it out once I found out about the, uh, the trial length, because, like, I really didn't want to... I, I would have been in... Uh, I would have been in trouble if I, uh, if I had to miss that trip. It would have been bad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we can agree that jury duty is kind of universally maligned more or less like the whole deal about jury duty is most people don't want to get it. And if you get it, you're unlucky. And then God forbid you actually end up on a case. Then you're the most unlucky person. Uh, this is, this is kind of a universal thing, right? I think so. I was sitting there thinking like, I wish I had a job in which it wouldn't be detrimental that I was gone for two weeks. And I could Me be like, too. yeah, I want to do that. But it's really hard for me. Cause I was gonna like, uh, I can't just not show up for two weeks. It's not like, I mean, I I will get paid, but like other bad stuff will happen. It, this this would be very detrimental. Like if you if you run your own business or you're like a contractor or a freelancer or something like that, like I don't really know what you do. You just like say, I mean, I think you I would work. You would work have... nights. Is what you would do. You would go to jury duty, so. and then you would come home at four thirty, and then you would start working. And you'd work until ten every day, probably. Yeah, That'd be the only way you could do it. It doesn't seem like they really have a solution for that. Like if you are if you are an hourly employee of some sort. Uh, you're either just boned or <laughs> you work nights. I, I don't know. It, it just seems uh, it seems challenging. And that's the thing, right? Because it's such an imposition on people's lives, I think that's why uh, people don't want to do it, obviously. Also, yeah. for the most part, it is extremely boring because you mostly just sit in the waiting room, the pen, to yeah. see if you get called into a courtroom. And then the chances of you getting called into a courtroom and ending up on a jury, you know, I mean, how many juries are actually selected every day? Uh, in Baltimore, they call somewhere between like, 
a thousand and fifteen hundred people for jury duty every day, and of those people, uh, I have to assume like two juries get selected because I've, I've been there multiple times and I see how many times people get called into courtrooms. And assuming each one of those calls becomes a jury, they get like two to maybe four juries out of each out of each day of twelve people. So you know your chances are so slim of actually being stuck on a, on a case. Um, but yeah, people don't like it. No, I know. And I wanted to, like, the whole time I wanted to be like, oh, it's my civic duty. This is, I'm supposed to do this. This is really good. But it's really hard to get over, like, how uh, how challenging it would be to get selected. Like, and it's, the other thing it's is, really it's, hard to get your brain around and be like, come on, brain, just go with doing my duty and it's good. And you're like, no, nah, it would stink. It would really stink. I'm like, come on, brain. No, It's also it short of having a job where you are paid an annual salary and they will have no problems with you not being there for two weeks and you know there's no detrimental effects because of that which is hard to imagine a job like that yeah Uh, but short of that like nobody is in a position where this is going to be like cool for them i guess maybe if you're unemployed you don't mind doing jury duty for for two weeks or something but you're probably out trying to find a job most people at least right so yeah it's a big imposition and i have a lot of conflicting feelings about it i mean overall like i i do want the experience of being in a jury on a case, right? Because uh, some fundamental part of it is very interesting to me as like a curiosity. Uh, partially just because I'd like to know more about, you know, the legal process, the criminal legal process. Um, but also because like, there's something very compelling to me about the fact that jury duty is one of only like a very few things where it's pretty much like an equalizer. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Obama goes to jury duty when he gets called in Chicago and sits in like the, the smelly chair next to everybody else. Uh, albeit with a you know a whole cohort of bodyguards, but you know still it's like a thing where the people in that room are like as close as you're going to get to an honest like genuine cross section of the city in which you live. Uh, right. in, in all in all manner of speaking, I mean adults. We're only talking about adults, obviously, but uh, but but yeah, you get you know people of all different economic backgrounds, people of all different cultural backgrounds. Uh, so that to me is very interesting, and the idea of being on a jury and getting to not just like you know sit in a room with these people, but have what is like a pretty profound, I imagine, conversation about like how you perceive reality uh, and you know how you value testimony and evidence in a case. Like, you, I feel like you really get to know and understand more about different kinds of people by going through that experience, which is which is why I like want to do it. Though I share your like guttural response of like, ooh, but <laughs> it would be extraordinarily inconvenient to be on a long case, even though I'm like curious about it. Yeah, um, I mean, I also like. There's a world in which I want to do it. I just don't happen to live in that world. Like I want, I hypothetically want to do it, but I just can't. Uh, I can't get over the reality of how challenging it would be. Yeah, maybe a so, day. A day would be fine, but well, know, so we're talking about multiple weeks. I had jury duty recently, and it was unremarkable. Didn't even get in the courtroom. Uh, but my one of my coworkers had jury duty recently, and she got. Uh, on a jury and was in a case and the case was heard and decided and then she got to go home at 3 30 it was like all happened in one day uh, really? which i thought yeah it was, it was a, like a petty theft case someone stole one of the bike share bikes from baltimore city mm. and the evidence evidence was basically hey this guy has a bike share bike and he's not supposed to and here's a police officer that says yes in fact the bike share bike was found in this guy's possession uh you know very like not a ton of evidence not a ton of testimony just a you know pretty small case but she got to have that experience, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so here's the other thing that I find conflicting about jury duty. First of all, I, I consider it a like important part of civic duty to like serve on a jury because uh, if you ever end up, you know, being tried for a criminal case for whatever reason, 
you would not want the jury to be made up of only people that weren't savvy enough to get out of jury duty uh, or, like, didn't have a good enough reason. You'd want a jury full of, like, you know, actual peers that, uh, you know, are right-thinking and have a sense of duty and, and justice. And so the idea that, uh, you know... I would avoid jury duty because, you know, I think running a business is running my business is very important or I think, uh, you know, whatever, uh, something that I, I have a strong reaction against. Uh, like I, I want to serve on a jury for that reason. And that's why I consider it an important duty. The, the caveat of this is that uh, I'm faced with this weird conundrum where I'm almost certain I will never, ever in my life end up on a jury if I honestly answer the questions that I am asked when they're doing the jury selection process. Um, if only Wait, because... what does that mean? I'm, what, what, what questions are, are disqualifying you every single time? So um, I've been in the jury selection process a couple times, as in like I've been in the big pool of people that they're going to choose 12 from uh, yeah. a couple of times. And um, basically, uh, they ask you a small number of questions, usually like, you know, five to 10 uh, that are about the details of the case. Like, right, so let's say that it was a bike theft. Uh, they would ask, has anyone in the room's bike been stolen? Or, or, or like, their, their spouse's bike been stolen in the past couple years or something like that. Um, and in that particular instance, I'd have to say yes. Like, my bike has been stolen and I would never get chosen. Um, but basically, if the police are involved at all, which they always are in a criminal case, one of the questions is like, do you have any reason to distrust the testimony of a police officer? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Have you ever met the police? <laughs> like, have you read... <laughs> Any of the exposés about the corrupt police? Like, of course I have reason to, to distrust the testimony of a police officer. They're in a broken system. Uh, and it's not even like a personal thing, right? It's not even like you, Officer Williams or whatever, I don't trust you. It's just the, the system is not set up to engender trust really on any side. Uh, and so if I answer that question honestly at any time, I, there's no chance that the, uh, the prosecution is ever going to want me on the jury. Well, here's, I mean, I wonder about that. Like, I, I did witness the those questions being asked and like, uh, you know, people share their answers, whatever. I, do you think, I don't think any of those are, are necessarily like guaranteed disqualifiers, right? It's not like you're checking one box and then they're like, Oh, okay. You don't trust police. You're out of here. Uh, is that, I mean, is that actually how it actually works? I think it's not right. I think I'm you're just sure, trying to get I'm a, sure it differs I think a little you bit. check enough boxes and then the, you know, the lawyers are reviewing going, okay, well, we only have these number of people. So, maybe distress police, but everything else works out. So we're going to keep them. The, um, I'm sure it's different on like, not only, uh, like city by city basis, but like a judge by judge basis. And uh, depending on the prosecutor and defenses, um, it, in my experience though, it seems like, uh, every jury selection process I've been a part of, they ended up with a jury for whom nobody raised their hand about anything. Uh, that, that was, that were the questions asked. Um, which <laughs> one of the jury selection processes I was on, uh, it was it was a child abuse case, and they were like, "Who has strong opinions about child abuse?" And I was like, uh, "Who doesn't have strong opinions about <laughs> child abuse?" Like yeah. me, definitely me. Uh, yeah. Or you know, who has strong opinions about guns? And I'm like, "Yeah, basically, basically, I have too many opinions ever to be on a jury, as far as I can tell." Um, which, you know, sometimes I, 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 I've seen that too. It's just I've the only one I've I've been I've got a couple times. The only one I've been dismissed on was like, you know, they were like. Uh, it was a case of Tom Brady kicked an old lady, and they yeah. were like, "Who, who here has strong feelings about Tom Brady?" But it was like it was like super specific. It was like I think it was like an illegal immigrant hit another person's car and then drove away and didn't pay for the damages or something. And they were like, "Has anyone had this situation?" And I was like, "Oh, that happened to my friend yesterday," which is true. Like it literally just happened to a friend of mine two days ago. They're like, yeah. "Oh, well, you can go then." I was like, "Oh, okay," but I, I mean. 
some of those other questions, I still think you're not going to get disqualified. Like, do you have strong opinions about guns? I'm, I'm sure they expect people to answer that question, right? Well, so the ones I've been a part of, and I'm sure, again, this is all anecdotal, but the ones I've been a part of, everyone, like, you know, stands up or raises their hand when they ask the question. So they, like, and then you, they take down your juror number. And then in, you said a small room, the ones I've been, usually they just call you up to the stand and they have a white noise machine going. And basically they allow the judge and the prosecution and the defense to hear your strong opinion, right? So, yeah. Uh, so they asked me, like, what are your strong opinions about guns? And I'm like, well, I th- <laughs> here's all the reasons I think guns are terrible. Uh, and, you know, I think it's possible you could stand up for something and they would say, what is your strong opinion about guns? And you could be like, you know, guns are very cool looking. And they'd be like, okay, well, that probably doesn't. <laughs> like, you can feel very strongly that guns are cool looking and it probably won't affect this case either way. Uh, but... You know, as soon as I'm given a, as soon as I'm given a stump in front of a judge and the defense and the prosecution, I feel like there's no way what comes out of my mouth is not going to disqualify me. Which, you know, I I've at times wondered, like, if I was taking the questions too literally or like not taking them in the spirit in which they're being asked. Uh, you know, like I I I couldn't bring myself to not answer truthfully, right? Like if, even yeah. if I if if I convince myself, like, hey, look, juries need people on them that. Uh, are like me and are thinking hard about things and have opinions about stuff. And I should like try to get on a jury. I wouldn't be able to bring myself to like ignore a question or like not stand up when I did in fact have strong opinions. But, but I, I do wonder sometimes if I'm like, it, it's something I would do if I was trying to get a jury duty. Right. I would just say like, yeah, I think guns are a monstrosity and anyone that owns them should go to jail. And like, I would get off of every jury I ever, I was ever on where I answer all the questions like that. But that's really my opinion about a lot of these <laughs> things. And it makes it very difficult for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you get away with it either. It's not like the judge is gonna be like, "This guy's a real character." And the interviews is like, "Nope, Andy, not a character." <laughs> I think you're. Uh, I think you're safe in improving those beliefs. I don't. I don't think you could get away with the opposite. Yeah, they, they could ask for like, "You awfully opinionated, sir. Can you offer some evidence to the fact that you're just not trying to get out of jury duty?" And I'd be like, "Well, I got some well, podcast feeds podcast. to send you. <laughs> <laughs> I have numerous podcast feeds to send you. I have over a hundred <sighs> hours of opinions. If you want to listen to them, they're like, well." We don't have all day. Bye, sir. Bye forever. So, yeah, those are some of my conflicted feelings about jury duty. Uh, I also want to talk to you. I'm curious to know your thoughts about jury duty as like an institution, right? The idea of a jury by your peers, which when I was growing up, I didn't kind of think critically about it. I took it as read. Like, of course, jury by your peers. That's that's yeah. a thing that you have to have. Yeah. And, you know, there's good reason for it, obviously, right? The whole kind of founding principle of a jury of your peers deciding, you know, whether or not you're guilty of something in a criminal case and also deciding some things in civil cases is this idea that if the government has appointed people to decide the guilt or innocence of others, then that system that appoints those people can't possibly be uh, pure enough and unbiased enough, such as to not institutionalize prejudices and uh, even just give too much power to the government to, you know, put certain people in jail if they want to and, uh, you know, not if they don't want to. So the fact that, like, you literally have people that are just of all walks of life, of all economic and social and cultural backgrounds all together in a jury, uh, that is a protection, right, that, that yeah, we're sure. offered by this sort of system. But at the same token... And, you know, Matt, Matt, people just are not very smart, like, overall. We had this conversation about democracy where you're like, what if everyone gets to choose a president? You're like, that's really nice. And you're like, wait a minute. Some of those people are really dumb. What are we going to do? Yeah, this this Uh, does share a lot of of my things with the democracy episode. And I don't mean to say that people are dumb as in, like, 
we are the smart people and there are the dumb people out there because I don't think that's a useful way to think about it. Uh, I think, for example, there are plenty of things for which uh, my opinion has been shaped so much by media and culture that I am genuinely not a good juror, right? Like a lot of these things I'm being dismissed for, I should probably be dismissed for because I probably have, you know, perhaps an unfair uh, anti-police bias. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think so, given all the articles I've read, but, you know, it, it's possible uh, in the same way that it's possible for somebody to have been manipulated in other ways uh, or to be manipulated in the courtroom. Yeah, sure. And it does strike me as a little bit uh, a little bit wild that we just start from scratch with every case, right? For something For something so important as deciding, like, Oftentimes, uh, for bigger cases, like the outcome of somebody's life, are they going to spend, you know, most of their life in jail and then therefore be a felon and not be able to, like, live a normal life whenever they get out? Uh, or are they going to, you know, go free? Uh, it's a huge decision. We're basically saying, hey, let's get some strangers together. Let's teach them not only all the details of the case, but also all the details of the legal system and how this courtroom works and who gets to say what and what goes on the record and all the things about that. Uh, and then we'll, you know, put it in their hands does seem a little bit a little bit out there <laughs> given that it's like such a complicated important task you would think that certain people could be trained in you know uh not being biased by a person's appearance or trained in uh you know understanding the sort of caveats of different kinds of testimony and understanding how to understand the nuance of different types of evidence and that they could be like you know jurors for a living or you know yeah. judges or magistrates or whatever you know that is in different places and there are some places that have that as the as a justice system um i don't know the details of the implementations but i do know that not every you know first world country has a jury by your peers as their uh as their sort of method of criminal justice so i what do you think about it matt like do you think it's good that we have a jury of our peers or do you think it's an outdated thing i don't know i do think i mean i feel like i'm obviously i'm trained to think that it's good but when you, like if you try to divorce yourself from from your, you know, the culture you grew up in or the country you grew up in and just think about it out loud. Like, America, we're getting a divorce. Would I transfer Would I transfer that thought to any other any other process and feel good about it? Like, you get, a, you get a thing in the mail randomly and now you're assigned this very important task. You're the president because you got a thing in the mail. You're a surgeon because you got a thing in the mail. Like, I would definitely think it's crazy. So, I understand why... It's done that way. You've explained it pretty well, but it's it's pretty hard to try to just step back and be like, if I were an alien, what would I think of this? I think I'd think it's crazy, or or uh, it, you know, it has. I think I think that I think it has its flaws, <laughs> some major major flaws. Um, sure. So I don't know. Like, would I would I prefer like we elect jurors who are super well versed in the law, and we? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I guess the problem is it's really hard to. Uh, think about this, especially in like the current climate where it seems like nobody can be trusted from the president on down where you're like, well, you can't elect people because you can't trust them and you can't trust people because they elect crazy people. So nothing matters. Nothing. <laughs> there's nothing to do anymore. Just go to bed forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's actually interesting. Like, if you look at the highest court in the land, like the Supreme Court is essentially a jury by appointment. Uh, yeah, right. From what, from what we can all see about that, like it is so politicized and so like it is not just a clean slate. Here are five, you know, people that are knowledgeable about the law making a decision, you know, in a vacuum. Like it's clearly this heavily, heavily politicized thing where the appointments are hugely important because you appoint somebody that shares, you know, your certain political beliefs, which means they're going to vote certain ways on certain things. Uh, and to imagine like all the problems with that system bleeding down to like, 
you know, local local judge courts, uh, judge courts. So like local courts and like judicial systems is uh, would also be extraordinarily flawed. And you know, the for all the protection that a jury by your peers supposedly provides against like bias and the government kind of taking unilateral action against a certain group of people, they still do it very successfully in spite of the trial by your peers uh, because of all the enculturation and, uh, you know, all of the sort of yeah, bias say, and like training in the media. Like, you'd, like it, think, you'd think you'd you'd be safe by taking a random sampling of strangers, but then you're like, oh, well, we also have Fox News in the world, so you can just, you can just brainwash everybody, and then uh, they all believe a thing, you know? Then now we have uh, a racist system where, uh, despite our best efforts— to randomize this pool of people, they're all racist and it's going to work out very poorly for some people. Like, yeah. there's there's kind of no way around it. Uh, and it's not like, maybe you asked me two, a couple of years ago if maybe uh, electing some sort of jury would make more sense, but can't elect people either. They're all nuts. What are you supposed to do? Just, how about here, Andy? Let's just not just people. No people involved. We're just going to make a perfect robot to do it for us. Jury robot. That's... I mean, that's interesting. The thing I was thinking as I was sitting here and you were talking about that, I mean, first of all, like, I, I'm definitely coming down a similar place to where I came down on my on my democracy rant, which is basically like, we don't have a good system for this, therefore we default to whatever the most people agree to, right? Yeah, right. Like, if we had a better system for determining guilt or innocence, we probably wouldn't have a jury of strangers uh, kind of sitting on this kind of thing. I'm wondering if there's like, I'm wondering how you can use the system to try and weed out the things that are problematic about the jury process. Uh, like, like what if the evidence was instead of being presented by like charismatic lawyers uh, wearing, you know, tailored suits and, uh, and suit dresses in a, in a courtroom. Uh, if it was like, you know, you you sit at a computer terminal and you are given the evidence in like clear black and white, as if, I'm, as if there's no bias in writing. Uh, I, I just, I wonder if there's like, there's obviously certain modes of communication where there's higher, higher transmission of like things that could possibly bias you that are not actually relevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like for example, like what if you just had a blind jury that like never saw or heard the voice of the defendant, just saw their words and saw their actions as, you know, evidenced by the sort of other things in the court case, not having a human being, you get to look in the eyes and try and decide if they look guilty or not. Uh, I imagine would have a significant outcome or significant change in the outcome of certain cases. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it would. Because the other thing I've heard from people that have actually been on juries, and this is now, you know, many levels of removed, so take this with many grains of salt, but uh, the people I know that have been on juries have basically said, like, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of these things, ha- you have to have a u- universal or a unanimous decision on the jury, and the, the way they get that is, like, the way the judge explains the your decision to you is, like, so cut and dry that there isn't even any room for you to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, if one person I know that was on a case was, uh, it was a murder case uh, they were on and there was this like evidence of how this person had probably murdered this person. And like everybody on the jury uh, apparently had agreed that almost without, without, you know, any hesitation, this person definitely murdered this person. But, you know, the, sort of way the evidence is and the way that the judge has worded our decision, uh, we all can't say without a shadow of a doubt or whatever the sort of, you know, legal precedent is that yeah. this person didn't do it. Which, you know, great. Uh, I, I obviously would prefer a legal system that uh, lets get guilty people f- go before a, guilt, a legal system that puts innocent people behind bars. Uh, I definitely want to, to lean that direction. Uh, but it's very interesting. Like, all these people, like, if the point of a jury is to, like, 
use people's judgment. All these people's judgment was like, oh, yeah, that person definitely killed the other person. But because we're kind of put in this system where we're being told very clearly, like, no, no, you have this round peg, now stick it in the round hole. Uh, you know, you're just kind of led so so much to your decision that there's not a whole lot of actual judgment involved. And it makes sense, like, can you imagine how many juries would actually be unanimous uh, if the sort of legal precedent wasn't so clear? Yeah. I'm 51% towards murder. Okay, good. <laughs> That's Jail forever. very clear and comfortable. <laughs> I'm glad we made that decision, yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I get that part. Like it's, uh, obviously there's, it's set up in a way that we're not, we're trying not to just allow people to, to make a snap judgment. We're like, ah, yeah, he looks guilty. Anyway, moving on. Um, but it's still just this, like, you know, I think I come down the same, same side as the, I think I probably said the exact same thing for democracy. It was like, well, nothing's really perfect. So I guess we'll stick with this for now. You know, it's just like, I don't have a better solution. It seems like I understand how we got here. Uh, and it's more, it's just a human problem. Like, as long as we're gonna have humans in there, I'm gonna have some criticism about bias and flaws, and, uh, I guess we might as well select them randomly. What else are we supposed to do? Can't yeah. just elect people to be jurors, because then we'll have, uh, Russian meddling in Trump juror selections, or whatever. It's really hard to make, not make everything about Russian meddling these days, Andy. Mm. Russia's gonna meddle in our juror selection. Mm-hmm. And then Russian we're all going to have to go. <laughs> we're all going to have to go to Russian jail. Mm. I don't know if that's how that works, but something like that. So, so they're meddling. Is it mostly like gold medals or silver medals or what kind of medals are they meddling? They give you a gold medal for the most murder. I think is oh, how that works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's striking. Well, yeah. I mean, because it's the most. If you got the second most, you get a silver medal. Anyway, I think jury duty is good. I think you should go do your jury duty and you should think about what it's like to live in your city and observe the people around you and as much as they are willing, you know, interact with them, converse with them, experience that part of, of the jury service. Uh, but I, I'm not convinced of the whole jury by your peers system as being this kind of like perfect solution to the problem of determining innocence or guilt. Uh, people are just too suggestible, I think. Uh, and even even groups of you know, 12 of them or nine of them or whatever are probably too suggestible for that to be a safe system. If I agree with you that jury duty is good, can I still, next time I have to go to jury duty, sweat it out and be upset and secretly want to whine about it all day or maybe even actually whine about it all day, even though I think it's a good thing? Hey, you can do whatever you want. It's a free country. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whine so much. I'm going to be there and be like, this is my duty. I'm supposed to be here, but please don't make me, please. I really don't want to go here for a week. It's going to be a I lot. would really like to do it for the experience. Uh, if not for the imposition on my life. <laughs> I, I, I guess imagine... technically I feel that way about everything. Andy, I want to do everything as long as it's not inconvenient to me. How about yeah, that? I mean, I mean, That's I can... my stance on everything. I can imagine a like slow month at work where, you know, it wouldn't be a huge imposition. And I could be like, yeah, I'll go on this two week case. Like, I, I, I will be excited about this. It, it, put it this way. If I got put on a case, I would not like you know, groan and grumble every day. I'd be like, all right, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to like have this experience and I'll deal with the fallout. I'll, uh, I'll clean up whatever mess is left over. But yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Jury duty. Mm. Hmm. What's imperfect. the deal with jury duty? Seems imperfect to me, Andy. Yeah. It's a real subjective matter. I'm going to go lick this envelope closed. Oh yeah. Use your tongue. Get your tongue all <laughs> dirty with that male disease. That was creepy. <laughs>